This is the Halftime Report with Idaho Freedom Foundation President Wayne Hoffman, one of Idaho's most respected, influential public policy voices. Welcome back to the program. Hard to believe this, but several lawmakers have confirmed for me that there is a plan to raise gas taxes on Idahoans during this legislative session. The word is the proposal would raise taxes by as much as 10% on the state's already high 32 cents per gallon. The good news though is that raising gas taxes has never been particularly popular at the legislature. An effort to raise fuel taxes in 2009 failed so badly it took another six years for lawmakers or the governor to bring up the issue again. And when it did come up, lawmakers wound up passing the bill in the dead of night. The optics for a tax increase this year also are not so fantastic given all the other promises that lawmakers have made and have not yet followed through on. You know what I'm talking about. Consider that this legislature enters March with a list of accomplishments that can fit neatly on the back of a little fly. All the promises lawmakers made last year about limiting government and saving our free society under attack since the start of the politically engineered pandemic have generated almost no results. You know what I'm talking about. Lawmakers made a lot of promises about the 2021 legislative session. And so far, what have we seen? Things like ending the state of emergency, now entering a full year, or dialing back government powers so never again will the governor be able to unilaterally shut down the entire state's economy, or declare some people essential and others non-essential, or stopping the governor from being able to create programs at a whole cloth, or spend billions of dollars with zero oversight from the legislature, or stopping unaccountable health boards and mayors from ordering people to wear masks everywhere they go. Meanwhile, lawmakers are sitting on a ginormous surplus, and they've not been able to make any real progress on that either, cutting income tax or property taxes or sales taxes. There's a tax cut proposal, one, and I would just describe it as slightly north of meh. Add to that the idea of raising gas taxes. It's not the best look for a state legislature that's supposed to be filled with actual conservatives. There's no doubt that Idaho is home to a lot of new expats from communist-run states like California, Oregon, and Washington. Idaho could stand to spend more on roads and bridges. The roads are clogged, rush hour traffic in some places, unbearable. But there are plenty of funds available for transportation if only the state didn't spend so much on other nonsense. And there's a lot of nonsense. Just a few days ago, House members approved a big $300 million emergency spending boost for Medicaid that pushes the program into $3.5 billion, which makes it the state's largest government programming, easily eclipsing education spending. If your roads are congested because government is spending other money elsewhere, it's not the lack of more taxes that's making it hard to get around, it's misplaced priorities. 
It's hard to say whether a gas tax has much play this session. I can just tell you that historically, the best years to try it are non-election years like this one, which is why I'm at least a little bit worried. Now, let's shift gears. It's time yet again for our status of the week. Who will have the honor this time? Who deserves the title of meritorious support for big government? With so many people to choose from, who deserves this top spot? It's becoming really difficult to pick. This week, though, Representative Carolyn Troy, who hails from Genesee. Troy made the motion in the legislature's budget committee to increase funding for Idaho's government-run television system. Troy did this even though she knows full well that the TV station's programming is horribly tilted toward leftist ideology. Another motion from Representative Priscilla Giddings of Whitebird would have stopped taxpayer funding for Idaho public television. Because why should taxpayers pay for programming that, as Giddings noted, describes Trump voters as insurrectionists or voices supports for eugenics or espouses critical race theory? But Troy, Troy says public television is awesome because she grew up in rural Idaho and Sesame Street. She said public television is a wise investment for Idaho because it helps get educational programs like Sesame Street to the masses. And of course, everyone knows that Sesame Street is in the Constitution. It's right next to uh, the right to bear arms. Big Bird is the very definition of the proper role of government. How can you expect parents to get educational content to their children if not for state government? <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Let's just pretend though for a moment that she's right. That without the helpful hand of government, young kids would not have access to educational materials. Mind you, I know and you know that in the 21st century, that's kind of silly, but okay, let's suspend our disbelief and pretend that it's true, okay? Isn't getting sort of right that public television is the epitome of leftist ideology? I'm asking because this is extremely important, especially now. The answer, of course, is yes. And it don't just take my word for it. There are plenty of organizations throughout the country that have studied the issue and they understand that public television is very biased and biased in a way that does not represent the viewpoints of the people who are paying for the service, people like you and me. But even if that were not the case, consider these facts. Idaho Public Television has its own news broadcast with reporters and producers on the government's payroll. And one of those reporters is on the clock as she peddles statism on social media. Do you believe that your state government should be in the news business? I don't. And I hope that our state legislature doesn't either. And public television, again, government-run television to define it properly, was created more than five decades ago. Hasn't the distribution model for news and entertainment changed in that time? Netflix, Hulu, the internet, all of it has changed. But the way we consume television via government-run television hasn't changed at all, which is a feature not a bug, according to Troy. She said the government should supply the same programming that 
she grew up with, you know, like Lawrence Welk, for crying out loud. What's the compelling government purpose in that? There's not one, but such questions are very often not posed by status, and that should give everybody pause, which is why Carol and Troy, hey, are status of the week. Who should be next week's status of the week? Drop me a line, wayne at idahofreedom.org, and I'll look at your comments. We'll talk to you again next time. You've been listening to the Hoftime Report with Wayne Hoffman. Be sure to visit IdahoFreedom.org for Wayne's articles, IFF research, and show notes from today's episode.